Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. As you start a brand new year, it's always good to talk about visions and dreams. Visions and dreams renew your motivation to live life well. They inspire you to grow in new knowledge, in new skills, in creativity. When you have visions and dreams, you become very courageous. They increase your resilience to keep on believing God and keep walking by faith, to stay in the guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's a proven psychological fact that visions and dreams, they give you a sense of fulfillment and well-being, and they boost your overall happiness. So you turn to somebody and say, you need visions and dreams. Yeah. So let's start by going to Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. Acts 2 and verse 17. And it says over here, let's all read together, shall we? Starting now. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Visions and dreams. What's the difference? What is the difference between a vision and a dream? Now, according to the Oxford Dictionary, a dream is a series of thoughts and images and sensations occurring in the mind during sleep. So a dream is more passive. You have no conscious control over the content of your dream. And a dream usually can be very fantastical. You are flying over the tallest building. You are leaping over the highest mountains. You are transported back in time or into the distant future. In other words, in a dream, you are doing the impossible, right? Now, the Oxford Dictionary also defines a dream as a cherished inspiration, ambition, or desire. So it's something you cherish and you desire in your heart for years and years, for a long, long time. And this is why your old man will dream dreams, because they are desires of a lifetime. You can say they define the purpose of your whole life. I have a dream, Martin Luther King Jr. used to say. It's the purpose of his life. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you, to give you such a dream for you to live for, for you to yearn for. Now, a vision is a little different. A vision is more active. It happens in the day, in the light. Vision means you can see something ahead of you. So this is your ability to think about or plan the future with imagination and with wisdom. God may give you a dream, a yearning, a desire in your heart, but how are you going to be intentional to bring it to pass. How are you gonna make it happen? That is your vision. How do you plan for it? Step by step. How do you make your dream a reality? That's your vision. This is what I have in my hands. This is, here are my talents, my gifts. Here are my resources, my experiences. How can I get from here to there? How can I make my fantastical dream, an actual reality. 
And that is why your young men will see visions. Because you need energy. You need drive. You need the bonus to imagine, to be creative, to try new things. Sometimes to take risk. And the Holy Spirit also wants to give you the wisdom and the power to do all that. So a dream is bigger. It is for the long term. It can span your entire lifetime. But a vision is short-term, more immediate. This is my vision for the next 12 months. Here are the vision for our church for 2024, short-term. A dream aims for the impossible. A vision, imagine what is realistic and doable. The plans that will make the impossibility possible in the near future. Now, whatever you sense God has given you, the long-term dream, the short-term vision, you must always bring it to the Lord in prayer. Jesus teaches us to always pray. Pastor May reminded us during Holy Communion. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth in my life as it is in heaven. Matthew 6 verse 10. So you must make sure that what you're sensing, what you're seeing is really from the Holy Spirit. And not just out of your own pride, your own ambition, your own insecurities, or your own fleshly cravings. So, Lord, make sure that what I'm aiming for, that what I want, my vision and my dream, is really your will. Turn to your neighbors and say, make sure your visions and dreams are from God. Yeah. This is one reason why I'm leading over 400 members to Korea this week. And we are there to pray, to pray, and to pray. And I know it's cold, it's snowing, it's minus 8 degrees last night. And we are going to pray from 4 a.m. to 6.30 every morning. The morning call, the, we're all going to gather at 3.30, early in the morning. By the way, that means 2.30 your time here in Singapore. And then we are going to go up to the prayer mountain to spend time seeking the Lord. I have already compiled my personal prayer list for the trip. I already did this a, a week ago. I'm going to be praying for my family, for son, for Dayan, for my 94-year-old dad. And I'll be fervently praying for the visions and dreams of our church. And for many urgent needs that you guys have given to me. Say, Pastor, pray for me. And I'll be doing that. I'll be praying for Pastor Don Wong. I'll be praying for many of the needs that, that you have. Yeah? Turn to somebody and say, you must pray over your vision. Uh, yeah. Now, in prayer, there's something that's very important that I want to share this morning. In Mark 11, verse 22, 24, Jesus was going through the final week of his life here on earth. And this chapter begins with Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. The crowd welcomes him with shouts of Hosanna. They were waving palm branches on the road acknowledging him as the Messiah, as the Christ. Now, in the midst of all the busyness, Jesus encounters a fig tree that has leaves but no fruit. He prays against the tree. And the next day, Peter notices it has withered away. Jesus then uses this as an object lesson to teach the power of faith and the importance of forgiveness. 
So let us look at Mark 11, verses 22, 24. Can we all read together? And the words in bold, three times as loud, starting now. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in her heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, listen carefully to the words of Jesus in verse 24. Whatever you ask for in prayer, when you're praying, whatever you're asking, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Everybody say, I must receive it by faith. That means you got to be convinced that you know that you know that your prayer answers is already on its way. You must believe with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. I know that my healing is on its way. I know my provision is coming. I know God is going to give me favor in my project, in my work, that my promotion is already in motion. Now, the verb given here in verse 24 is in the present active imperative. Now, that means you got to keep doing this continuously, 24-7, every day. I believe, I know, actively receiving your prayer answers by faith. My healing really is coming. My blessing, my breakthrough is on its way. I believe in my heart, in my mind by faith. Jesus is teaching this, for it is very important when you pray, because when God works His miracles, He doesn't always do them immediately. You must realize this. We all have dreams we are believing for, problems that we want to resolve. But when there is no sign of improvement, it's very easy for you to feel discouraged, for you to want to give up. Why isn't God here yet? Why is nothing happening yet? But God often doesn't work miracles instantly. There's usually a waiting period. You would be amazed, as I was this week, when I read my Bible, I saw again and again, the Bible says, you must learn to wait on the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. And just because you don't see any changes, it doesn't mean that God is not working behind the scenes on your behalf. Remember the song that I talked about last week? Even when you don't see it, He's working. Even when you don't feel it, He's working. God never stops working. He never stops working on your behalf. So as you keep believing, you keep praising, you keep praying, and keep doing the right things, things will begin to shift. Things will begin to change. So don't be frustrated when there's no immediate results. The miracle is a process. Turn to your neighbors and say, the miracle is a process. Yeah. It is already set in motion. What God is asking is that you receive it first in your heart, in your mind, and you believe and act as if it's already on its way. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus was going to Jerusalem. As he was about to enter into a village, he was met by 10 lepers. But they stood 
at a distance from him, outside the village, afraid to come near to the people there. You know why? Because during ancient times, leprosy was a highly contagious disease. There was no cure for it. Lepers were outcasts. They were unwanted, rejected, socially marginalized and isolated from everyone else. They were forced to live outside the community, away even from their own families. So from afar, the 10 lepers shouted, Oh, Jesus, Lord, Master, have mercy on us. Have pity on us. Now, Jesus had all the power, right? He could just walk up to them, heal them on the spot. Bam! <laughs> they are healed. <laughs> he could just talk to them and the leprosy instantly gone. But he didn't do that. Instead, he did something very, very unusual. Why don't we all read verse 14 together, right? From the front to the back, everybody in this place, Luke 17, verse 14, starting now. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. You see that? As they went, they were cleansed. Jesus asked them to do something that didn't make any sense. You should only go to the temple when you're completely healed. Those lepers could have thought, um, okay, Jesus, we'll believe it when we see that our skin has cleared up. Then we'll go and see the priest. But that's not how faith works. Faith says you must believe it first, then you will see it. You must receive in your heart and behave and act like it's on its way. Even there is no sign of anything happening yet. So instead of backing off, these lepers step forward, walk towards the temple. When you walk by faith in obedience to God's word, you grow bigger on the inside. When you step backward, when you back away, you shrink in size in your inner man. And your problem grows bigger and bigger and bigger. Hebrews 10 verse 39 says, we are not those who shrink away from the Lord. So you don't back away from His exceeding great and precious promises to you. Those lepers started walking towards the temple. Friends, this is God's way. You need to come closer and closer to the house of God, into the life of the church. Then the miracle will unfold. Now sure, no church is perfect, but it's still the body of Christ. Jesus is the head, and His life is flowing through His body. I know it's totally inconvenient for the lepers to go to the temple, for you to come to church. I know it's inconvenient. It's raining cats and dogs today. The weather's cold. You could have just watched online at home, but you came. You came, and because you come, there's a special blessing for you today. This morning, you're going to receive a special blessing from the Lord. Come on, you want to clap, give the Lord a big hand. Turn to your neighbors and say, there's a, there's a special blessing before you, because you came. <laughs> because you came, right? It was totally inconvenient for the lepers to go to the temple. It was a long journey for them. 
to walk many miles to get there. And they were already very frail and weak and sickly. It was not easy for them at all. And along the way, people would question them. Hey, what are you guys doing? Why are you going to the priest? You all still look the same. The first couple of hours, they saw no change to their skin. And voices in their head says, come on, turn around. Don't be silly. Don't be stupid. Go back to your leper's colony. You are wasting your time. But those lepers kept on walking and walking by faith. No improvement, no change in their skin, but they kept going step by step, step by step. You know why? Because they have already received the miracle in their heart, in their mind, in their soul, that the healing was coming. At one point, one of them looked at his skin and thought, hey, wait a minute, look at this. It is getting better. Another felt his finger was able to move. Somebody noticed that their skin was clearing up. Verse 14 says, as they went, they were cleansed. Step by step, they were being healed. If they had stayed put, waiting for things to change first, they would have missed the miracle. Their healing was in their receiving by faith. And here is the secret. Here is the secret of getting your prayer answers. Their healing was in their obedience to keep walking towards the temple, believing that their healing was on its way. True enough, by the time they saw the pastors, they saw the priest, they were all completely whole. This is faith in action. Step by step, step by step, receiving the miracle by faith even before anything actually happens. You know, Dr. Cho is my spiritual father and the pastor of the world's largest church. But when he founded his church, Korea was the poorest country in the world. This was after the Korean War. Dr. Cho learned to fast and to pray simply because most days he had nothing to eat. His little bedroom was so cold that during winter, he had to wrap himself with blankets just to stay alive. All he had in that little room was a bare floor with no tables or chairs and no means of transportation. By faith, Dr. Cho started praying for those three things. Pray for a desk, a chair, and a bicycle. And he was very specific. He said, oh, Heavenly Father, I don't want any table. I want a desk made out of Philippine mahogany. <laughs> and my desk must be large enough for me to put all my study books and my Bible. For my chair, please don't give me any chair. Give me one with steel frame so that it's very sturdy and strong and it will not break easily. And give me one of those with little wheels in, at the bottom so I can roll around like a big executive. For the bicycle, Father, don't give me the one made in Germany or Japan or Korea. The, American, they, the Americans, they made the strongest bikes. Lord, please give me an American bicycle so that I can do all the home visitations. Now, Dr. Cho knew to pray for the bicycle from America needed extra faith because at that time, American products were very, very expensive and rare in Korea. Most days, when Dr. Cho prayed, he said he felt nothing. 
but he stood on the promises of God's word. And he loved Romans 4, 17, that says, the same God who gives life to the dead calls into being things that were not. Dr. Cho daily received by faith his prayer answers. He visualized where he's gonna put the new desk and the chair and the bicycle in the room. He behaved as if they were already there. He shared with his congregation, oh, God is soon give me my new chair, my new desk, and my bike make in America. His members were so poor. They were amazed that their senior pastor was so bold to even dare believe God for such things. Some of the young people, the youth, even tried to come into his room to check out if the desk and the chair and the bicycle were already there. Because Dr. Cho prayed and talked about them as if he already received them. Because in his heart, in his mind, they were already coming. Sure enough, about eight months later, it happened. Someone blessed him with a Philippine mahogany desk and a Mitsubishi chair with those little wheels on the bottom. An American missionary was going back to the US. He gave him a secondhand bicycle made in America. Hallelujah. Come on, go ahead and give the Lord a big hand. Guys who want to clap, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Most of the time, miracles don't happen instantly. But step by step, they will unfold if each time you pray, you receive them by faith. And you are convinced they are already on the way. Now, those 10 lepers were healed. Not because they woke up one morning and decided, ah, we have nothing to do today, let's just go to church. <laughs> no, it didn't work that way. They went because they heard the words from Jesus. The Bible says what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10 verse 17. The faith for every miracle that you want must be grounded on the Word. The 10 lepers received the Word from the Lord. Turn to your neighbors and say, you must get a word from God. Now, today, you may not see Jesus, the living word with your natural eyes, right? But you have the Bible, the written word, and the Holy Spirit, the author who inspired the Bible. He makes the written word come alive in your hearts. So whenever I need a move of God in my life, I need God to move, I need uh, some prayer answers, I open up my Bible. I start reading and studying it. I allow the Holy Spirit to make a verse, to make a passage, come alive in me, to burn in my heart like a fire, to move me like a hammer. With that word, what we call a rhema, I now have the confidence in God that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. That as I obey the instructions here, my miracles is on its way. You know, during the Second World War, General Jonathan Wainwright was the commander of the Allied forces in the Philippines. His soldiers were overwhelmed by the Japanese. Every day, so many people were killed. Eventually, to minimize casualties, General Wainwright surrendered. He was a three-star general. So he became the highest-ranking POW, prisoner of war, in history. <laughs> For three years, 
he was imprisoned in Manchuria, where he was tortured and suffered malnutrition. In 1945, the Japanese surrendered to General MacArthur. A radiogram was sent throughout the POW commandant saying, the war is over, you have lost. Surrender yourself now to the highest ranking officer among the POWs. But the commandant in Manchuria kept the news from everyone. He kept quiet. So the POWs didn't know any better. They continued to behave like prisoners of war. By now, General Wainwright was so frail and so weak, he could hardly walk. Until one day, an American aeroplane landed near the camp. An officer got off and came to the wired fences and stood at attention before the general and said to him, Sir, Japan has surrendered. We have won the war. With this piece of truth, the very feeble general walked with a cane. He walked all the way up the hill to the commandant's office and said to him, my commander-in-chief has defeated your commander-in-chief. I'm taking over right now. This is a true story. He had the faith and the confidence to take over because he understood the war had been won. Oh, my friends in City Harvest Church, as your senior pastor, I stand before you this morning at the fences of your situation, and I'm declaring to you this morning, the war has already been won. Come on, church, give the Lord a big clap. The war has been won. 2,000 years ago, your commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, has defeated Satan and the devil. You are free from sin and death. You can now have life and life more abundantly. Oh, go ahead and give the Lord praise. Turn to somebody and say, you are victorious in Christ. But if you don't know the good news, the Word of God, how are you going to know what victories have already been won for you? In this brand new year, 2024, make sure every vision and dream that you have is backed up by the Word. So you must read the Bible and know it well. From this very first weekend of the new year, I want to encourage you, renew your love for the Word of God, for the Holy Scripture. God has given you exceeding great and precious promises. He says that He's restoring your health, that He will provide for you, that my God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and He will empower you to live a debt-free life. That He will bless you from your coming to your going, from the morning to the evening. But more than the blessings, God is changing you into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And you're being transformed into His likeness from glory to glory. And God has a great destiny for you, so that as for you and your house, you will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. You are going to serve God and move in the power of the anointing. 
Come on, church, go ahead and give the Lord a great clap. But maybe this morning, it feels like nothing in your life is changing or getting any better. The medical report has not changed. Still just as bad. Your business and your career hasn't seen an improvement. Your marriage is still going through a rough patch. Your wayward child has not turned around. It's easy to feel down. To think that it's never going to happen. But here is what Jesus is teaching us. When you pray, you keep on receiving the fulfillment of the promise in your heart, in your mind. You keep on doing the right thing, praising God, giving Him thanks, obeying Him, and moving closer and closer to Him, behaving like the miracle has already happened. This is what receiving by faith means. And as you keep on trusting and obeying, the miracle will unfold. Don't let what you see or what you don't see get you down. Stick on to the promises of the Word of God. Pastor, I'm still sick, but just keep on receiving the good help by faith. Pastor, my business is still struggling. Keep on receiving the provision by faith. Pastor, the people at work are still not nice to me. You keep on receiving the joy and the favor by faith. As you keep on doing that, God sees your obedience. He sees you receiving by faith when you should easily be discouraged. He hears your praise when complaining seems easier. He sees you walking forward when it's simpler to shrink back. Lord, I believe in 2024, I will come into my healing. I finally be free from the addiction. I will form beautiful relationships and I won't be lonely anymore. Oh God, I believe 2024, there'll be joy and peace in my home. I will step into your provision and your blessing. As you receive by faith and keep walking in obedience, behaving like the miracle really is on its way, step by step, the goodness of God will unfold more and more in your life. If when you read the four Gospels, almost all the miracles Jesus performs it required obedience. Right from the very first one. What was the first one? Jesus turning the water into wine, right? The, the wedding in Cana of Galilee. He told the servants at the wedding, fill the large pots of, of, of jar with water. They had to do something, even if it didn't make any sense. The servants could have said, look, Lord, what we need is wine, not water. But their obedience was what brought the miracle. Yeah. This morning, God is nudging you to do something that doesn't add up in your mind, to transition into something new when you feel so inexperienced, to forgive someone when you're hurt so deeply by him, to pray for other people's healing when you yourself are not feeling well. Doesn't make sense. You know, to hand him the five loaves and two fish when you have your own personal needs in your family. Guys, listen, I have followed God for almost 50 years. It's not so much the specific action. It's all about obedience. Doing what Jesus is asking you to do. And very often, it is really just a test. If you obey, the miracles will come. Don't overthink it. 
Don't talk yourself out of doing what you know God is nudging you to do. Sometimes His guidance is really just very plain and ordinary. Plain and ordinary. You're praying for our promotion. God says, just be punctual at work and try to do more than expected. Your promotion will come. <laughs> You're asking for healing. God says, you just eat healthier food. Exercise a bit more. Sleep one hour earlier. Your healing will come. You're hoping your child will be set on the right path. God says, you just love your wife a bit more. And don't be so angry at home. Your child will turn around. Simple, plain, ordinary instructions. But can you obey the Lord? This is what faith is all about. Trusting, acting on God's guidance. And as you walk, and keep on walking in faith and obedience. The miracle is set in motion. The healing comes. The provision comes. The transformation happens. The challenge here is how to stay in faith, to keep on dreaming and believing, to keep on receiving the promises in your heart, in your mind, and acting like the miracle is already on its way. Even when nothing is happening in the natural. But you keep on planning and imagining and visualizing the future that God wants you to have. I want to encourage you. It is true. The darkest hour is just before the dawn. The devil is always the noisiest just before your breakthrough. But as you keep moving closer and closer to the Lord, the healing and restoration will come. The mountain will be moved. The waters will part. New doors will open up to you. Oh, if you believe that, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. One of the most dynamic young men in the marketplace today is Jordan, who grew up in our church. He's only in his 30s, and his IT startup was so successful, one day he received a phone call from the president of Indonesia. President Jokowi called him to the Istana to discuss how he could help play a part in his economic agenda for the country. But what many people don't know is this. Jordan went through a very painful and dark season in his life. He lost his dad and two very close family members, very close to him, within a few months. He spiraled so deep into a very dark depression he almost gave up on life. Only the light of Jesus could shine through and lift him back up. I want to read to you what he wrote on his social media on New Year's Day, just at the beginning of the week. It is entitled, How Did I Manifest My Dream? And I will take the liberty to paraphrase a bit. In the, you know, uh, and in the midst of his personal struggles, this is what Jordan said. Okay, let me paraphrase it for you. I disappeared for one whole year and I did four things. One, I wrote down my vision and the things I wanted most. Two, I prayed earnestly about these visions and desires. Three, I believe with all my heart that these dreams will one day be my reality. And then four, I started living as if my dreams had already come true. Please pay attention to the last point because this last step was crucial for me. So what did he say, the last step? 
I started living as if my dream had already come true. I wasn't yet a tech startup founder back then, but I acted as though I was. I didn't have the physique of an athlete, but I trained as if I did. My bank account didn't have a million dollars, but I planned and budgeted like a millionaire. Every day, I woke up at 6 a.m., spent time in quiet reflection, then I hit the gym. By 8.30, I was back on my dining table with my laptop open, sketching out my business and action plans. This wasn't a one-off routine. It became my daily life, my culture, my habit, for days and weeks and months and years. And before I knew it, a decade had passed. And here I am, living the life I once only dreamed of. My journey wasn't about achieving goals. It was about transformation, personal, professional, spiritual. It taught me resilience and faith and the power of consistent effort. It is a reminder that we don't just stumble into success, but we build it day by day, and this definitely requires discipline. To me, discipline was more than a practice. It was a bridge from dreams to reality and patience. And this is the key to manifestation. Are you ready for 2024? Wow, this is Jordan's testimony. Why don't we give the Lord a big clap? What a great story. Let me tell you, you know, he grew up in our church. I saw him around as a kid here and there, but he's always moody. He's always black-faced. I hardly ever seen him smile. So a while ago, Sun and I, we are going to Bali. And then somebody said, Jordan, your former member who has moved over to Bali, he's going to look after you. I said, oh no, I'm going to have a holiday. This guy is a sourpuss. <laughs> he's going to spoil my holiday. But when I saw him, he was smiling from year to year. So I sat down with him over dinner. The first thing I asked him, I said, I'm your pastor, so you better tell me, why were you so unhappy? And why are you smiling from year to year? And he told me his story. And son and I, we sat there and we wept and we wept. Even while he was struggling in the darkness of depression, he went to the Word of God. He prayed and believed what God has promised him are all yes and amen. He received his breakthrough, his blessing, as if it was already on his way. And it happened. Whatever Jordan asked for in prayer, he believed he had received it, and it became his. As he went, in obedience to all that the Holy Spirit prompted him to do, you know, to wake up earlier, to, to study the Bible, to exercise, to plan, he was healed of his inner darkness, and he had his breakthrough. Like he said, he had his breakthrough personally, professionally, spiritually. How many of you are believing God for great things in 2024? How many of you are believing God for wonderful things? How many of you want your visions and dreams to be a reality? Why don't we all stand up on our feet right now? Are you blessed by this week's podcast? Tell us at connect at chc.org.sg.